I spoke to a local politician and he asked me an interesting question. He said, Sean, do you think most people really want to hear it straight? Or do you think most people want to hear the flowery version of what you have to tell them? What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastooch. I'm your host, joined in studio today by the well-spoken, well-thought operations lead for Active Life in Long Beach, Cody Ringel. Welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the best introduction you've ever given for me. I, I feel good Every today. time. I feel good today. <laughs> I'm feeling myself. Remember, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, especially that aunt of yours who disagrees with everything that you have to say, because today we're talking about language and politics and basically just communication in general. The idea that a local politician who respects my opinion wants my help with his campaign and would say, do you think people really want to hear the truth from me is effectively what he was asking. Do you think people really want to hear it straight is, is, is somewhat alarming to me and I'll share why. Um, the way that that conversation continued to go was I said to him, yes, of course people want to hear it straight. If they can trust you, if they believe it's really straight, not if they think it's the version of straight you're prepared to share with them. And he goes, well, well, give me an example. I'm like, perfect, I can do that. When I speak from a stage, one of the things that I really like to do is get buy-in from the people who would disagree with me and get their attention by acknowledging there are holes in my argument. And I don't know enough to know what the holes are. And so my argument is incomplete. There are some of you in the audience who are listening who disagree with me. I need your help. I need you to approach me when I get off of this stage or while I'm up here in the Q&A. And I need you to poke all of the holes in what I had to say so that I can learn how to either A, better present my position, B, better think through my position, or C, change my position. But I can't do that alone. So if you agree with me, have a great time. If you disagree with me, I need your help. And he said to me after that, he goes, right, so you get them to believe that you actually want to hear what they're saying so that you can convince them. And I said, no. No. It's so that I can actually take a look at my position and decide if I need to refine how I say it, if I need to think it through further, or if I need to abandon it. Hmm. I'm genuinely asking for their help. And I thought, I thought you would have some, some valuable input on that. Well, the first thing that comes to me is that's authenticity. You're showing up with those strong opinions loosely held saying, I have thoughts, feelings, opinions, mm -hmm. and I'm open to the fact that I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. What it's going to take, and I'm actually willing to be wrong. I, I'm, I want you to present the other side of this so that I can identify, is this actually the thing that I should be focused on believing, acting on, or is there a better path here? I think it goes even a step further than that. I, I am positive. Part of my plan always is wrong. Mm. And so the faster people can point that out to me, the faster we can move. Mm. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What he's describing 
Him isn't the politician. The politician, where he's like, so you can convince them. He's right. attempting to use his language as a way to manipulate yes. the other person. Or at least that's how he was interpreting what I was saying I would do. Mm-hmm. And it strikes me as true and accurate that most people, especially somebody in the political sphere, mm-hmm. is looking at that and being like, well, obviously that's a tactic that you're attempting to use to be able to change the way that somebody thinks. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's trying to. Co- it's coming from a place of understanding and trying to come from a place of understanding so that you can better look at all of the things that you believe to be true, especially whatever the thing is, the topic that you're speaking about, and identify, all right, how can this be better? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's one of the fundamental differences mm-hmm. between what you're describing your belief set to be around the idea and what maybe this individual has is you're consistent. You strike me as the type of human being who's consistently asking, how can this be better, faster, smoother, easier for the greater? Yeah. Agnostic to whose idea it was. Mm. I don't care. Some people want that credit of being the person who came up with the idea and they get married to their opinions and their belief in their idea. And I understand that because it used to be the way I thought. Now, what I understand is I win more, but you know, proverbially speaking, when other people have a chance to be the ones creating the, the experience, creating the idea, um, having the pride of authorship. I don't need to have that because the end goal for me always was, and I believe always will be, to have things go as well as they possibly could. That's the goal, right? Hmm. In the past, I think I have felt as though, of course, that's best in my hands. Hmm. I've come to understand that that's true about some things and not true about anything else. And so if the end goal is just having the best possible outcome, who cares who contributed to get it there? Hmm. And... I'll give you the exact scenario so that we can discuss without hypotheticals. I went to this meeting last night. I told you about it. I'll give you the long story short. And Long Beach, New York, won a grant from New York State for $4.5 million to do some improvements. I looked at all of the projects that they had up, and my hope was that one of the projects they would put up would be to put a bike lane on the main road, reduce the number of lanes, slow down the traffic a little bit, as if it functions the way it's supposed to anyway, with people double parking all the time. It's... It's a it's a it's a nightmare yeah. up and down that street. So my thought was get rid of a lane, enforce double parking, figure out a way for people to do the deliveries. Like we can make it work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it, but I know it can be done. They do it in the city. It's done all over the place. So I'm not the planner, but I can say, hey, this would be cool. I can run that through an idea filter and then say, it's a good idea. You guys should go figure out how to do it now. Right. And it it wasn't one of the things that they discussed. And I was really disheartened by it. So I was ready to go write my notes. Like after they're done presenting the ideas, you go around the room, you write notes on the presentation boards that all of the ideas that they did present are on. So they're getting public opinion written on their ideas and they go back and they review it. And I'm, I'm looking at like, which ideas do I think I can actually add valuable input to? I'm not even sure I can add valuable input to any of them. And I see this idea that wasn't talked about that's a bike lane. I'm like, um, excuse me. Why didn't you guys talk about this one on the board? And they said, well, it was, it's, it's such a 
far-fetched idea. Like nobody politically wants to put themselves on the line of saying we should reduce traffic on a busy road from three lanes to two lanes. They think it's political suicide. I said, well, how do, whose ass do I have to get in far enough that they can taste me? That this is the only thing that we do. And they, they started laughing because they're like, you're preaching to the choir. This is what we want. Yeah. It's a meeting with the consultants and the planners, not the politicians who make the decisions. But the politicians have to demonstrate <clears throat> that there is public support for their thing. <clears throat> so what they're looking at instead is like, if we put 800,000 here and 200,000 here and all this nonsense like splatter paint around town that ends up nothing gets done. Painting planner boxes and repainting buildings that don't actually need to be repainted. Right. Uh, my thought was like, if there was a, I own a building, excuse me, I own a business in a building in the zone where this would be done. The only thing that you could do that benefits all of the businesses instead of one of the businesses is a bike lane <clears throat> of the things that are here. Mm -hmm. What needs to happen? And they were like, well, for starters, people in this room would need to agree with you. I was like, all right. May I speak with them? And so I, inter I, I addressed the entire room and got unanimity. Is that a word? It is now. Yeah, hell yeah. It's unanimous. <laughs> I got everybody in the room. I told them, if you believe like I believe and also think you don't need to come over here because other people already have, you're failing to understand the responsibility that you have being in this room. I need you, we need you to walk over here, grab a marker and say, I support this idea. Please do it. Write your name on it. That's all you need to do. I gave you your sentence. Every single person in the room came and did it. Hmm. And I was like, I'll go in front of whatever. I'll be the guy. They can boo me. They can throw tomatoes at me. I'll be your guy. And that to me is, I'm talking a lot. I want to throw it back to you. But what it, what it, what it felt like to me is stand-up comedy. It's funny. Because everyone's thinking it. Mm. And that person finally said it, so we all get to laugh. Politicians, I think, from our presidential candidates to our local representatives, are afraid to say the quiet thing out loud, even though everybody is thinking it. We'd, it's the, ma the majority of people are thinking about it. The questions that come up for me is, they're scared to say the thing because of the minority people that they believe have the most influence, mm -hmm. <clears throat> what would it take to get more of the, the average person, right? The 90% uh, yeah, in the middle that we've talked about, what does it take to get them heard? Consistency. Tell me more. <clears throat> what I think happens is you say something that shouldn't be said. Right? Like, I'll say something that shouldn't be said. One of our local politicians has been a, this is not the person who talked to me, and she doesn't even know, but she's been a pain in my ass for 12 years. Um, I had a ramp outside of my old gym, and people would park their bike on the ramp. We were a CrossFit gym and an active care rehabilitation center. 
we weren't having people come in in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And if they were, we could move the bikes. And they weren't even obstructing enough of the ramp to be a problem. But she's in a wheelchair. And she would go to the city and she would call the police and say, he's in violation of handicap access laws, all that kind of stuff. Fine. She's right, technically. She gets all the sympathy from people in town because she's in a wheelchair. Nobody knows why she's in a wheelchair. She fell drunk one night, hurt herself so badly that she requires a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Damn. It's not like, I think that when people would hear something like that, like if I was campaigning against her, I would say that. Hmm. And most people wouldn't like it because it's, it's, it's not fun to hear that. Sure. But then I think it changes the way that people are thinking. Mm -hmm. If it was like, look, I think it's reasonable to discuss that the person who I'm running against, who I'm not, I don't run for, I'm not running for local election, but if I was, who is making all of these claims about responsibility and about a safe city and all these things is only in that wheelchair because she got so drunk that she fell down and required a wheelchair for ambulation thereafter. And now everybody in town pays the penalty of her mistake. Hmm. That's the, where my mind immediately goes. That's the, that's how potentially damaging and widespreading the victim mentality is. What because do you mean? What you're describing is- Oh, right, because she gets sympathy votes because she's a victim. Right, yeah. which it's now impacting and influencing the way that everybody thinks, mm -hmm. acts around her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the victim mentality has a long definition. The, the more concise one is any time that you are allowing your state to be affected by someone or something outside of you, mm -hmm. you are in the victim mentality. Mm-hmm this person, this individual is using that lever mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, you should feel this way because I've told you to, mm -hmm. and we're allowing ourselves, we being the people hearing that to be the victim mm -hmm. because we're allowing ourselves to be influenced by that. Yes. Rather than by reality or truth or accuracy or our own opinion, anything outside of you puts you in the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Anytime somebody makes you mad, they make you sad, they make you happy you are in the victim mentality because you're giving your power to someone or something outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And let me be clear. I would hate to be judged by the decisions that I made when I was young. Yeah. Because I did a lot of stupid shit and just ended up, fortunately, not ending up in a wheelchair. So I'm not saying in any way that this woman deserves to be in a wheelchair or, or anything like that. I think that it changes the way people think about what comes out of that person's mouth when they understand that the state that she's in is a result of her decisions, not some unfortunate disease that she was born with. That's all I meant by that. Yeah. And now it becomes a question of, um, are we really going to look at the world through her eyes the same way that we would otherwise, especially given that that's something that she doesn't share with anybody. You know what I mean? The sinister piece of it, to me is the perpetuation of that feel bad for me, do the things because I say to do them. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it becomes, a, it becomes tyrannical. Like the victim mentality when it fully manifests itself becomes a tyrant. Yeah. And that's what, you know, going back to politicians or anybody in that, right? They start off 
sometimes they start off as the person who doesn't feel seen or heard or feel like they're getting enough attention. So they go on this tour to get people to pay attention to them and they start to get some notoriety. You know, it's the, it's the people who want power the most are the least like, or the least, uh, the least worthy, worthy of wielding it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all right. You're feeling bad for me. I'm getting the sympathy. I'm, I'm getting there. Now I'm going to use this to reign over everything. Mm -hmm. That's one of my issues consistently with politicians and anybody in the political landscape. Yep. Is it seems like they are most interested in having the power and they'll do whatever it takes to have that. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you were talking about earlier, which is what's really for the greater good and the common good. Because the question that you asked earlier was, what is the best outcome? The thing that I hear most of the time from people in who want to be a politician, what is the best outcome, dot, 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 for me? Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to be clear. This woman is not a tyrant. She doesn't have that kind of power. Maybe mm. she would be if she had it. I don't know. But I, I don't want to go down too, too far down the well on her. I just wanted to give an example of no one is saying what I just said in a political campaign. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not a good move. But I would use it. Look, you could replace her with almost any anything, other person. Anything. It doesn't matter. It's not her. She's the avatar for the Correct. thing right now that Correct. we're describing. It's Correct. not about the person. It's about the being of the person. Right. So when this guy, who's a friend of mine, asks me, you really think people want to hear it straight? What I said to him is the only reason that Donald Trump still has popularity in today's America is because he's the only person who says straight up what he believes. Hmm. And... Maybe it's not the only reason, but that is a reason why he still has popularity because most people don't want him to be president, even within his own party. But more people want him to be president than they want anyone else to be president in his party. And I believe the reason for that is people believe at least that guy's going to tell me what he's thinking. Hmm. That's my belief. And there's this thought that like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, well, then you're just vanilla. Then you're everybody else who's just like, well, politically, shut up, man. Yeah. Just shut up. It's so boring. The word that keeps coming to my mind is authenticity. Mm -hmm. For all of Donald Trump's faults, you believe when he speaks, you know exactly where he stands. Mm -hmm. You believe he's an authentic individual, mm -hmm. um, better and for worse. And well, I, was, I, I think just to, just to put an asterisk on that and then throw it back to you, I think people would say he's not authentic and they would they would be saying he's he's doing this for personal gain but i think that what i'm describing with what you're describing with authenticity is he's doing it his way mm. like he's not necessarily saying he's not saying any of the things in a politically correct way so he his 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 desires might not be authentically represented but the way he represents what he represents is authentic. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Look, authentic, let's be clear about what authenticity is. It's you being genuine. You. Right. I believe that when Trump speaks, he's not being a character. He just is. He a is a character. Yeah. Like he's genuinely being the, the person that he is. You're showing up with authenticity. You're showing up as yourself in every scenario, mm -hmm. regardless of the stage. And 
one of the things that most people dislike. I was listening, I was watching Bill Maher and I was listening to Ron DeSantis on there. Mm -hmm. And he started getting into the political speak where he's trying yep. to be the guy who doesn't have a strong opinion either way. It's like, well, look, you know, we could have done some things better, but you know, we were actually doing the best that we could and we're, mm -hmm. we're making some good strides. It's never the hard stance mm -hmm. because you don't want to push away any side of the, of the air quote party. Well, and so when I was talking to my friend about that this morning, I said to him, I'm like, look, if I went to see a stand-up comedian and all he did was make Jew jokes and they were hilarious Jew jokes, I'd laugh at the first three and then be like, this guy fucking hates me. Mm. But it's because a good stand-up comedian makes fun of everybody in the room mm. that all of the jokes are funny. Including himself. Including himself. But he's making fun of me. He's in the most recent case when C. Andrew Schultz guy starts the podcast. He goes, I mean, the podcast, the show. He goes, listen, um, the only group I'm not going to make fun of tonight is the Jews. So if you're in the audience, give yourself a round of a hand. Let's hear, let, let's hear it, Jews. Give yourselves a round of applause. And then we start clapping. He goes, all right, wrap them up. Turn on the lights, round them up. Right. And it was hilarious. Because you know he's not staying in that line the whole time, and you know he doesn't actually want to round up the Jews. Yeah. Um, but he makes fun of everybody. Yes. And I think that the reason why a guy like uh, why why a guy like Trump is so hated and loved is because he doesn't go at everybody. Mm. He goes at a very specific group of people, and he always defends a different specific group of people until they're disloyal or whatever bullshit he likes to say, and then they're not. Then they're in his crosshairs too. So I said to my friend, I'm like, yeah, you can, like, this is why when you said, when I said earlier, consistency, it's, you have to be able to speak straight to all things. You need to speak straight to all things. If you're speaking straight to all things, then the person who today is like, man, that guy's smart. I really like that guy. They've said that out loud. They've told their friends how great you are then you come out and say something that they don't like because it just so happens you disagree on a topic. And then they're faced with the reality that the guy that they think is really smart about everything else disagrees with them on this. And now they have to evaluate, do I actually feel the way that I feel about this topic, about this person? How do those two things live in the same space at the same time? And you actually give people the opportunity to think. Hmm. And I believe you get respect for that. I believe that everybody is able to look at you and say, that's a person who I might not always agree with, but I know they're always going to tell me the truth. And that's, that's where I went with it. That's a great, that's great advice. An interesting piece here that you call to light early on when you go on stage and you speak is the fact that there are things that you don't know. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking about watching the debates mm -hmm. and every time that there's a topic that comes up that you can tell the person really doesn't know mm -hmm. or have a strong opinion either way they try to change it and morph it into something that's one of their pillars one of their flags right mm -hmm. if it's if it's an education thing yep. it's actually well you know we just need to be working on tax reform and if we could do that then mm -hmm. and we tax everybody this way okay rather than just going you know what i don't know I don't know what I think about that. I don't have enough information to have a really strong opinion with that. Mm -hmm. That to me would be way more 
valuable and would get more people to rally behind you mm -hmm. by just admitting, I, I don't know. I don't know what I believe on that. I don't have a strong opinion about it. I'm open to ideas mm -hmm. rather than trying to present something else. Going back to the the manipulation or the inauthenticity on inauthentic, right? Trying sure, to both words now. Yeah. Trying to take something from, hey, let's talk about this to, no, 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 it's misdirection. Let's go talk over here because this is the talking point that I have. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think the difficult thing for a politician is if they say, I really don't know. And it's easy for another politician to say, how do you not know? This is a core topic that all that 78% that of the constituents want you to have a strong opinion on. And so I think it's important to, to think about how to say, I don't know where if we're in our business environment and someone says that there is no one coming for a gotcha. Mm -hmm. So they have to think about, they don't get to legislate if they don't win. Mm -hmm. So what I think would be refreshing is if a candidate who genuinely didn't know had, had their safe place of how do I say, I don't know without sounding like I haven't thought about it. Hmm. And so, so something along the lines of that's a great question. And I've given a lot of thought to the answer. I'm between a few different positions on it. And the reason why I haven't come to my conclusion yet is because I haven't had the time to sit down with all sides of the argument and hear their position so that I can formulate my own. I'm not saying that's what they should say. I just came up with that just now. That's a political masterclass right there. That's exactly what they should say. Because if I hear that as the person on the other end, something similar to that, I'm like, oh, this is reasonable. Mm -hmm. That is a entirely reasonable statement rather than being like, you know what? Actually, let's talk about this thing instead, which I have my talking points on. Which, which in order to give that, that line, you have to actually be doing that thing mm. because- what I would like, what if I ever ran for office, which I don't plan to do, um, 2032. Yeah, let's get it. Nope. Not doing it. Um, <laughs> I would, I would have before this, any of these debates, I'd be having meetings with people from both sides in groups and learning from them so that I can genuinely go up on stage and say, I realize I'm probably the only person who's actually sat down with people from both sides of the disagreement on this and heard what they had to say. Truth be told, this topic that you just brought up is on my schedule to do, and I haven't done it yet, and I didn't think it was appropriate to rush it simply for the sake of this debate and do it wrong. So back to what we were talking about on the last one that we talked about some of this stuff with, that to me speaks to me, the people in the middle. Which one does? The the I haven't really thought about this. I've got this on my right. calendar and I'm going I'm 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 in the research phase and mm -hmm. I will have an opinion. That speaks to me. Many people in the middle feel like they don't have the ability to change the thing. Sure. So why would I be the one to show up and maybe vote, maybe go to the council meeting because I'm not going to be able so, to so do anything there. And the, it's the people on the fringes who are there. The answer to that question is I, as if I were running for office or if I was advising someone running for office, I don't think you can worry about that hmm. because I think probably the hardest thing to do in politics, if it's even possible 
is get people who don't identify as participants to become participants. Hmm. I think that there's a pool of people, like elections are won and lost on like the 4% who are undecided. Yeah, 48% are going to do this, 48% are going to do that, and there's 4% in the middle that make the decisions. So I believe that the focus being on the 4% in the middle, I think those people are craving the authenticity that we're talking about right now. Mm. Um, I, I am one of them. Right, I've told my mom, who will, 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 she won't be happy with me for saying this on the air. Um, I don't need to hear anything else. If there's three candidates and it's Biden, RFK, and Trump, I'm voting for RFK because he's the only one who seems curious to me. Hmm. Not because I think he'd be a great president, because I think Trump was a shit president and I think Biden's been a shit president. So what's the difference? Let's try the third guy who at least seems curious. <laughs> Okay, um, makes sense. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and I've heard people say like, oh, well, if you do that, you're throwing away a vote. And I've heard people say you're throwing away a Trump vote, so Biden's going to win. I've heard people say you're throwing away a Biden vote, so Trump's going to win. Hmm. Uh, let me be really clear. I don't care which of those idiots ends up with the office if I don't think either of them should end up with the office. I don't think either of them is a good candidate. Right. Um, and so I would vote for the third one, who I think at least, if nothing else, is putting the health of people mm -hmm. first. And for anyone who's listening to this before we get into, I'm not campaigning for RFK. Uh, I don't think he's the anti-vaxxer that you think that he is. I think he's asking questions that are, people are unwilling to answer. And then it's easy to label a guy who asks questions as anti the thing because they question the thing. It happened to me. Mm. Not about vaccines. When I questioned CrossFit's efficacy and the value of it and all of that kind of stuff, people were like, why are you so anti-CrossFit? I'm like, I'm trying to make it better. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just asking the question. Yeah, why, why are you so offended by the question? Mm, interesting. <laughs> that's, that's a, that seems to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it was important that I put all of that out there. But I like where you're going with the 4% in the middle and... That makes sense to me being one of the 4% in the middle. Mm -hmm. I imagine the pitfall most of them fall into is they're trying to change the mind of 4% of the 48% on the other side. Maybe. I think the harder thing is it's 4% in the middle. So if I'm not from the left or I'm not from the right, what am I doing? Coming in and claiming the 4% in the middle and hoping to get 2 or 3% from each side and lose? Mm. That's the hard thing, right? Because people are going to show up and just pull the lever on D or R. Yeah. And so if I'm showing up as I, and I get 10%, that's a thing. That's a power thing. Now, what's interesting about federal politics, people may or may not know, is if, if one candidate from an independent party gets 10% of the electorate, that party gets the same federal funding that the other two parties currently get that makes them power parties, and we end up with a three-party system. Hmm. And so it's not a throwaway vote to go out there and cast your vote. If you believe we need a third party that isn't beholden to an elite class of donors and ideas and lip service. Hmm. What else makes this conversation interesting? Ours right now? Yeah. It's the same in your house. It's the same with your wife. It's the same with your kids. There's a way to tell people the truth that doesn't have to make people uh, polarized. Hmm. 
it doesn't have to make people feel like they have to choose a side. Does that come from it starts with you and coming to the conversation from a place of I don't need to feel like I'm the one who's right here? Yeah, it's I don't need to win because mm, the maybe that's a better way. The only way to win is if we both leave happy. Needs to be a win-win. Yeah, and it, especially in our social relationships. Look, if you're in a work relationship or we're talking about a political relationship or we're talking about an adversarial relationship, a negotiation, um, everyone's not necessarily going to leave happy. But if we can both leave respecting each other so that there can be a further conversation in which we feel as though this person's listening. Great example is our negotiations with our landlord at the flagship. When we found out that the HVAC wasn't working, I was fucking pissed. Really pissed. Mm -hmm. Because when we looked at it, we were like, hold on a second. You told us this thing was working. And when we sent somebody up to the roof, they told us it was rusted out and they needed to build a new part. Mm -hmm. And it cost us what? Like 10 grand all in. Right. And at first he was like, that's, I'm sorry, that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the way I kind of cornered him was you told me it worked. Are you saying that you should have said you don't know if it works or that you're lying because you were wrong or, or was it you were wrong? Which of the three was it? And if you were wrong, what is your responsibility here? And that was a little bit aggressive. Hmm. I was uh, not happy. And I, it was, if, if you think about the never send the email while you're mad thing. Yeah. I made the call while I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when I checked it six months ago, it worked. Right. That's what he said. Uh, and obviously that wasn't true. Now, the way it ended was I backtracked. I apologized for coming across so strong. And I just explained this and I'm disappointed. Uh, I could have done a better job. I could have sent an inspector onto the roof and not left it in your hands. Mm -hmm. That's on me. Now, I'm asking because I believe that you're a man of integrity. And I believe that if you knew it wasn't working before we moved in, you would have fixed it. I'm asking that you fix it now because you know it's not new. And he appreciated that. And then he came by and checked out the, the rest of the build out and saw that we were not just throwing mats on the floor and saying it's a gym. Mm -hmm. And he split it with us. I didn't like that. I wanted to pay for the whole thing. He probably didn't like splitting it. Yeah. I respect him for coming to the table, having the conversation with me and splitting it with me. And we can have conversations moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's leaving an adversarial conversation respectfully to each other. And by adversarial, it doesn't mean I don't like you. Adversarial means we want opposite things. Right. That's how I think it goes there. It's transparency. It's honesty. It's, it's being willing and, have, and wanting to apologize when you're wrong. Hmm. It's wanting to be impressed instead of be impressive. It's wanting to collaborate instead of control. If you come in with that in mind... It's the same to me as authenticity that is respected when somebody disagrees with you. Is it then that it's just 
where we're at right now, the type of people who are interested in the political landscape don't have those values that you're describing or their values are on this side of control, being right, see, being seen as the authority, having the power and not having the willingness to be wrong. Politically, I think locally, the the person who has the kind of um, temperament that we're describing right now could be very successful. I think they would be if they could get their message out. Like sometimes local elections, I'm like, what are we doing? Hmm. I don't even know what these people look like, mm-hmm. let alone what they stand for. Uh, how can we? F- how can I learn a little bit about your position here? Your website just says donate. Yeah. So I think locally, like I mean, look, I think winning a local election is probably one of the easiest things in the world to do because no one's doing anything. Like I talked to this guy about, I'm like, if you want to win, go set up a stool on the boardwalk, set up a stool at the train tracks, and set up a stool in front of City Hall. Take questions from your constituents and answer them with a camera on you. And then put that stuff into an AI and have it search for the appropriate hashtags people are searching in your local election. And let it cut that video into clips. And now you're putting out more video content every day than this person's putting out, period. And you're letting people see who you are and what you believe in. I think that alone wins a local campaign. Yeah, that's fair. It's a it's a viral game. Yeah, and then go like all of your marketing content after that has a QR code that says, find out what we stand for. Go here. And every post goes to a website. Mm-hmm. And then every every everything on the website and every post says, please comment with another question below. We'll answer it in our next video series. Like that, I would. I, that's how I would do a local election. I would set up rallies in local places all the time, and I would invite my opponent, and they would never show up. Hmm. I would invite them for debate, and then when they didn't come, I would set up another chair that says that's where they would be sitting if they had the balls to come and talk about this in front of you. But instead, they're hoping you just vote for their letter. That's what I would do over and over and over and over. The, the Marshawn Lynch commercial, right? <laughs> if you run through that, you run through his face, you don't want to be there no more. You don't got to worry about him. Just keep running right through his face. <laughs> but the point, the point I'm making is, locally, I think that works. Mm. Federally, state level, I think the harder thing about Something like that is just how dug in people already are. And it's there's more nuance to it. There's more gamesmanship to it. It's more about um, getting your getting everybody who's eligible to vote to vote. And there's a lot of money in it, and there's a lot of shady maneuvering in it. And I don't have wherewithal to know how to win an election like that. Yeah. That's where like you get the once in a lifetime people who really bootstrap it and come like the AOCs. Mm-hmm. Not that I support or don't love her. It's just I'm just kidding. I that was what her. she did, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was the young person who went to the social media, went to the ra- like rallied all of the support around her. Well, that's what they'd like you to believe. Yeah, there were some there was some private money that they don't talk about her having. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, she was she was the person that they put into the this we're gonna win this seat, and you gets to be you. Yes, mm. yes. And she look, I've I've watched a documentary about her. She hustled 
unless they just showed every day that she hustled. Yeah. But I believe that she hustled. She's a smart person. People who think that she's dumb are not paying attention. They want her to be dumb. She's smart. Yeah. You just don't agree with her. I don't she, think she would still have it if she wasn't. At least semi-intelligent. She's politically intelligent. Yes. And and whether you like it or not, that, that keeps works. you there. Yes, that works. Getting there is the hard part. In 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 certain districts. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think I think the national audience right now, like this year is especially interesting. I think if we had a centrist on the left, I don't think a centrist on the right can do it because that Trump has really polarized that party. And so a centrist on that side, unless they were seeking conflict, like highly intelligent, very charismatic, coming in with a lot of pre-existing uh, notoriety and just dogged at going after Trump. That's a person who could win. I don't know who they are. But um, on the left, I think a centrist person from the left right now who can come in and say, what Joe Biden is doing is fucking crazy. It's crazy. You can't run against a border wall and for the environment and then overrule 26 environmental laws to protect wildlife, clean water, and air to put up a border wall. You can't do both of those things at the same time and maintain your integrity. Right. Um, you can't say you're a centrist and then tell people you're looking for the best black woman to do a job, which immediately reduces the public belief about the quality of the black woman who got the job. Mm. The public belief immediately becomes she got the job because she's black and she's a woman, not because she's good, and that's not fair to her. Right. Like, why even say that part at all? Unnecessary. Just end it. I'm looking for the best person, and it just so happens I chose a black woman. Right. Fine. Whatever, man. Well, it just, it, to your, it discounts the view of the individual in the mind of everybody else now. 100%. It, they, Which is terrible for them, by the way. It's not fair. It's not fair. They come in having to prove that they actually were the best candidate because everyone's like, huh, well, you check two boxes. And even if they do... Are you a lesbian? <laughs> even if they do the best <laughs> job, people are still going to be like, yeah, but she was kind of handed that. By thing. the way, when you think about it, how crazy is it that anybody cares about the sexual orientation of people who are in government in terms of who they prefer to have sex with? Like when you really get down to what it means, what you're saying is that person's views are radically different than someone else's because they prefer a vagina in their face to a penis or vice versa. That's insanity. Yeah. Well, it all speaks to that underlying tribal piece. Yeah. Like we get it, to align ourselves by this. And there's there's mental health issues there with people who are really against it. I, I Yeah, for sure. I, look, again... I'm looking for the best person. It just so happens it was a black woman who's also a lesbian. Yes. Okay. I'm cool. Well, you don't get the you don't get the social points for that in the same way that you do in the beginning by going See, I don't know if that's true. I think that the audience who wants to give you the points for that gives you the points for that because you did the thing. And I think that the audience who wants to discount you for it is gonna discount you anyway. And then there's the audience like me 
who's in the middle, like you, mm. who's in the middle, who were like, did you do that because I have no reason, I have no evidence, I don't know who that person is or what they've done before or who else was running. It's just curious. But, but I don't have a leg to stand on. So if there's if no the case. if there's no benefit to it, why why is virtue signaling still so prevalent? Oh, because it 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 locks in the base. Hmm. It's it's the it's it's what people were saying during the 2020 uh, Black Lives Matter movement that you can't. It's not good enough to just not be a racist. Hmm. You have to be an anti-racist. Hmm. You have to be opposed actively to people who are racist. And by the way, we're moving the goalpost on what it means to be a racist. Mm. That's, that's where I think that comes from. And we're still in it now. And you're either with us or against us. Yeah. Like, look, I, 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 I have people who I was friends with before all this stuff started, who I tried and tried to learn, learn. And I stopped banging my head against the wall when I got to the point that people would say to me, it's not my job to teach you this. It's your job to learn it. And then I would ask, well, where am I supposed to go to learn it if you won't tell me about your position? It's not my job to tell you where to go to learn it. I'm like, well, then I'm just going to not learn it. Mm. Okay? I'm over here trying. Meet me and direct me to somebody who can teach me or shut the fuck up. Right. Teach me the thing that you're saying is so important. It's like... Hey, you need to believe what I believe, but it's up to you to go and figure out how to get to where I am. And I'm not even going to tell you who to go listen to. Right. I was like, what, a, what world are we in right now? Yeah. Hey, I want you to be a better trainer. What do I got to do to be a better trainer? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, just go figure it out. Now, I can see where that's a reasonable answer. If my mom says to me, you need to be a better husband. How do I learn how to be a better husband? I'm not the person to tell you I'm not a husband, Sean. Hmm. Well, who should I ask? Ask your father. Okay. She didn't just say, that's not my job either. Give me, like, throw me a bone. Where, where can I go? You obviously know. So why are you keeping it from me? And I think that what happened there was we, get, we got to this place where it's not enough to just do the right thing. Hmm. You have to proclamate doing the right thing. And then you have to do the right thing. And then you have to double down and explain why you did the right thing. And then you have to come out and say, anyone who doesn't do that thing is doing the wrong thing and therefore they're a bad person, they're a racist, you can't vote for them, you can't be friends with them, you can't, you can't know them, you can't be associated with them. And it's crazy. Hmm. And I think that that's, I think people on the left right now are craving somebody to come out and just not be a fucking lunatic. That's my belief. Yeah. It's the what you're describing that person who is like, just go figure it out. It's not up to me to teach you mm -hmm. or to show you they're most interested in feeling like they're right. I think so. I don't know. I'm That's not, what I take away from it. I think they're most interested in, in, in feeling like they're, they are the victim who they say they are. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand it. And so since they've been victimized, it's not their job to teach me anything. Cause I've been the victimizer, even if I didn't know about it. Hmm. It was exhausting. Yeah. And, and I, 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 was, I would consider myself what most would call an ally. And there are people who, would, who still tell me, like, dude, you're, you're, you're one of the only people I know who actually listened and changed anything that you did as a result of me talking to you about it. Hmm. And I think that's really cool. I, I value that validation because 
I want to be empathetic. I want to learn. I want, I don't have to agree with you. I want to learn. Um, and then there are other people, it just became exhausting. And we can get into that. I mean, look, we, we've already been going for like 50 minutes. We could get into, I was called fat phobic less than two years ago because I made a post with a shirt off. And it was like, this post is low key fat phobic. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And you were in the wrong comment section. Yeah. Like, no. Um, and I said, you're going to need to explain to me what that means. I don't know what low key means. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, and I'm definitely not scared of fat people. And I'm definitely not scared of fat idea. I, I don't even, I don't know. Like, what, what does it mean to be low key fat? And I asked, you know, like, uh, it means you hate, you don't like, you're opposed to. I'm like, ah, uh, no. Um, I don't know if you know what I do for a living, man, but no, it just was hot out. And I had a thought and I was walking with my shirt off and I filmed it. Mm. I've thought about going back in time and deleting some old posts that I've made that um, represent an immature position that I was in at whatever time in my life it was. And I've decided to leave them all there because I want people to see the evolution. It's mm. interesting. You're not trying to rewrite history. Right. I'm just embarrassed at some at the way I handled myself in some situations in the past. Um, but that's healthy. I think so too. And that's why I'm leaving it there. I, I want people to see it. And I, I would, if I was ever in a position where somebody brought it up and questioned me, I think it's a position of strength. It's a, yeah, that's evidence that people can change. Hmm. That's evidence that I have learned. That's evidence that I am listening. That's evidence that I don't believe I know everything. Where's yours? That's much different than the when celebrities or anybody get gotcha and they apologize immediately. I would. It, I that's the mistake I've made in the past. That's one of the things I'm embarrassed of, is not an apology, but a um, coming out and having a position on something I know nothing about, hmm. and, and having a strong opinion about it and speaking about it as if I know. Um, just because I was swallowed up in stuff. Mm -hmm. But I leave it up. Anything else? No. This is fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed that conversation. Good. I hope you guys did too. Turn pro.